Welcome to Serving Aces, Conversations with Alexander Stevenson. That would be me and my co-host, Oog Levadier. Welcome, Oogie. Hello, Alexandra. How are you? I'm doing fabulous. How are you? Very nice. Very nice. We had a great week, you know, of everything going on in sports. So everything has been great. Uh, were, we, were your students we really nice on the court? Yeah. yeah, my students were pretty good. I Everybody was in a good mood this week. We had a little slip ups this weekend with some tournaments. And you have people in tournaments. That's right. Yeah, some mental toughness, but we're going to get to that. But overall, yeah. it was a pretty good week of practice, and it was a big sports week, too. So let's yeah. get to some topics of our podcast, Ugi. Right. All right. So I got to give a shout out to Colorado and Deion Sanders. He managed the Buffaloes to a 27 24 win over Arizona State. Ooh, that's great stuff. Yeah, good stuff, huh? And it's important because of the future bowl considerations. You know, we're in October now, and like November, December, then all the bowls come up, and there's so many bowls, but we yeah. really want the Buffaloes in a bowl. Yeah, which 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 one you think they're striving for? Like, which which is the biggest bowl that the Colorado can attain? You know, or I don't we'll know. Well, they're that. four and two right now, so oh, yeah. they still have a good record. Could I say Rose Bowl? Is that possible? We'll have to check that out because I don't think I don't think it's possible. It has I to do with the conference. I don't think it's possible. Yeah, so it's we right. gotta we gotta check that one out. And yep. anyway, so I'm very happy. The Colorado Buffaloes, at least they're still at four and two, four two. They got yep. beat, you know, really badly before with the yeah, bigger the, the bigger teams, but that's all yep. right. And they weren't on a main station. They were on the Pac-12 network, so it was hard to watch, but they still were on TV, so not bad. Hey, there you go. I yeah, mean, you got to go build, right? Yeah, they're building character and their uh, you know, their game plan is clear, so that's good. They're striving for it and that's a big win for, you know, against Arizona State. That's good. Yeah. The Sun Devils have a good uh, good team. Exactly. And then we had a uh, very good win by Iga Swiatek in Beijing last night right. and yep. Yannick Sinner won in Beijing as well that's right I mean you know Iga is like you know she was looking for that win because of the U.S. Open she was really down on herself you know you can tell the way she lost that match so I'm I'm kind of happy for her because she's you know back in the winning circle with confidence otherwise you know when she's shaky then you know she's really stressed so yeah, we can see and, her on the court and, she's stressed yes yeah, stressed is that's we're going to get into that topic too how to handle stress but she went out and beat Coco Goff three and two. So that was very interesting. However, I have to say it was in the US Open and it was no. in Beijing, China, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, still a good tournament, but yeah, you're right. I mean the totally you know, different circumstances. Totally different circumstances. I mean, she would she wished she would have performed that way in the US Open. Yeah, but, against Ostapenko. Hey, yeah, no <laughs> doubt. I mean, for sure she wished she'd play like that, but yeah, no, she'll take it though. I mean, it'll beating. Yeah, Kukogoth she'll take the win. Yep, and we'll then uh, Yannick Sinner followed it up by beating Daniel Medvedev. Yeah, yeah you're right. He got a big win against Akaras too. So yeah, you know he's he, he's he hot. had a he had a good week, and yep. uh, it's it's carrots tough. are boiling there. <laughs> they are. It's <laughs> tough to keep track of China. I'm I'm a little off my game because of the time zones, and even though I'm on the West Coast, it's harder for you because you're on the East Coast. But I'm yep. checking in now and then, and I know there's Shanghai come is now, and there's yeah, a couple there's other couple in China got yeah. canceled. 
Yeah, so, two events. Yeah, I don't know why they did. We'll have to do some research on that. All right, so my uh, producer is telling me that uh, the Buffaloes might have a chance at the Independence Bowl, Oogie. Ooh, there you go. That's it. The Independence Bowl, that's that's a good goal for them. because Yeah, you know. good goal for them. Okay, so we got to get to a couple more newsy topics. Uh, NFL, Travis Kelsey's injury. Might they say it's an ankle sprain, but he came out taped up and played. Hey, I want to find out was Taylor Swift in you know <laughs> no, into that Taylor Swift was not in Minnesota, but was she a part okay. of the ankle injury? We don't know. No, never know. We'll have to <laughs> I doubt it, but uh, hey, look, they have good trainers. He taped it up like you know, tennis players. We have to tape our ankles when we get a sprain. Sure. He taped yep. it up and uh we we lost in America, we lost a Hall of Fame linebacker, Dick Buckus, from the Chicago yeah. Bears. He died at 80 years old in his sleep. And, you know, he was a great player and another throwback era. We lost another guy in baseball the week before that was a Hall of Famer, too. So hopefully it's not a third one coming up because sometimes things come in threes, Oogie. Yeah, you're right. You never know. But, yeah, he, he was a hard-hitting player. I remember seeing videos of him. You had Mike Singletary and you had him, different eras, of course, but these guys hit hard. I mean, the yeah, Bears they did. were. They were. That oof. was when the Bears, the Bears, that came yeah. out, right? Like, That's right. They, the they were big yeah. guys, the Bears. <laughs> oh, for sure. They had the best defenses at that time. Yep. It just, they were a hard hitting team and they didn't, you know, they didn't get some stuff. They, they just they sure went didn't. right after them. Yeah. So, okay. Next little segment. I got to tell you, I got to give you my story about and now i'm not taylor swift and the guy wasn't travis kelsey but i did date an nfl football player for a little oh, bit go. yeah, yeah a little bit uh, he played for the saints new orleans Ooh. saints yep he too. was a fullback big guy so he was small right he was a yeah, small guy he was not small we were the same <laughs> height but he was way heavier oh, than me which was back for sure i was okay with <laughs> and we trained <laughs> we, we trained together in carson at athletes performance which is oh, now yeah. called exos and nice. you know how everybody got on taylor swift for meeting her Kelsey's mom in the beginning, going in the box, like, what's she doing? Okay, and then the NFL totally caught on to that, right? Because mm -hmm. they got more viewers. Well, yeah. what they do, I'm going to tell you, Ugi, it's not like tennis. I don't know if basketball does this. But if you date an NFL player, usually how you get to know them is you go to their game and you meet their family right away because that's who's there supporting them. So hey, they're that's not what wasting happens, time this right? Way. They don't waste time. So when I got invited, this young gentleman said, oh, why don't you come to me, come with me for dinner? And my family's going to be there and you can meet all wow. of them. So this was the night, the two nights before they had a okay. big dinner because the night before they have to stay in the hotel, team meetings, you mm -hmm. can't go out. So you're not yeah. going out with anyone the night before. Which is kind of smart because yeah, it's but, smart. You know, they got to save could... everything for the football field, right? Yeah, so yeah. two nights before it was in San Diego, the Saints are playing the Chargers back when the Chargers were in San <laughs> oh, yeah. Diego. Right. And uh, my grandma had 50 yard line seats to the Ooh. Chargers game. So I grew up going to those games. And nice. 
at the time, I think I was, I was 20 years old and she still had her 50 yard line seat. So my grandma went with my mom to the game and I went with them, but then I met my, uh, the guy's parents, parents and sat mm-hmm. with the parents. But two nights before I first met the parents because he invited me to dinner, right? Well, it wasn't the parents, Oogie. It was the parents, the grandmother, the cousins. (laughs) It was like 25 people. It was so funny. And I walked in and I was not expecting this. And they were so (laughs) nice. And the grandma was like, oh, I hope you marry him one day. Oh, my gosh. We love you. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like the first meeting. (laughs) I was a bit like, you know, I overwhelmed for sure. And at that time, I hadn't dated a lot, Oogie. And even today, I haven't dated a lot, right? So I was a little overwhelmed, but it was a lot of fun. And then two nights, two days later, I went to the game, sat with the family. Now, it wasn't Travis Kelsey, and he wasn't a superstar on the Saints. So we were in like the family seats, which was on the opposing side because it was the Charger Stadium. So the seats Mm -hmm. weren't fabulous. My grandma had better seats. But I was with the whole family cheering him on. So when I saw Taylor Swift in the box yeah. with the whole family, I was like, oh, well, this is what the NFL football players do. You know, you you get to meet the guy and he invites you to a game and you sit with the family. No big deal, right? Yeah, there you go. It's Isn't usual, that a funny custom. story? <laughs> it is. That's hilarious. Did you remember that game? I mean, did did the Saints win? or? The I don't even remember. Or? I just remember watching him on the field. Yeah. yeah, I should I should remember. I think the Saints won because he they, he played when Drew Brees was playing. So the Ooh. Saints were really good and the Chargers were OK. They had yeah. Drew Brees had been on the Chargers, but he had already then he went to the Saints. I'm pretty yep. sure at that time. So the Saints were a great team. then. Oh, yeah. So I'm They're pretty sure the Chargers lost. I mean, <laughs> yeah. being growing up in San Diego and being a Chargers fan, you're you're kind of always disappointed because they never really make it. They made the it's Super Bowl true. once when I was, I was a, uh, I think I was in middle school, and we sent my grandma, and she was like over the moon. They didn't win, but they got to the Super Bowl. Wow, that's big. But yeah, yeah, you're right. They, they were, it's not like it was a dynasty or anything. You're right. Saints no. were more of a dynasty. Yeah, the Saints were. If you're if you're yeah. from Louisiana, New Orleans, you had a team to root for. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I followed them as well because I went to Louisiana University, you know, yeah, in Lafayette. So you know. it was super cool. Yeah. yeah, the Saints were big, so they're big in Louisiana. So Yeah, so tonight, Shout speaking out. of football, we got the 49ers and the Cowboys. What's this? I don't know what the score right now was. It was 14-0 49ers last time I checked. It's not, Oh, it's 14-7 right now. So nice. we'll see who wins that. And hey, hun- they're undefeated. I mean, the oh, 49ers are undefeated. 21 so far. to 7. The producer in the background's like, tw- she's watching the game, my producer. That's it. She's got of your course, back. She's of got course. Your of course. <laughs> That's good. Okay. I have one more little newsy topic. This morning before I went to the court, Oogie, I was watching Fox NFL Sunday, nice. and uh, Michael Strahan's on there, Terry Bradshaw. And you know what was so cool is now because baseball's going into. Um, the yeah. playoff season, playoffs. right? Mm-hmm. So, and yep. you know, World Series. So it's getting, you know, they want to get their baseball out there. So mm-hmm. it's Fox NFL Sunday. But guess who they had on the set? Hmm. No, I don't know. I didn't see. Okay. They had Derek Jeter, Alex Ooh. Rodriguez, and Big Poppy David Ortiz. 
Oh, look Can at that you trio. Can get any better than that? And then they had Gronk, Gronkowski what? with he was them. there? Yes, he was there. <laughs> and they were all talking about, you know, Ortiz and A-Rod and... Uh, Derek, yep. Derek Jeter. They all got up and they had Michael Strahan pitch to them. <laughs> and they were How hitting baseballs. They were trying to hit baseballs to Gronk and Terry Bradshaw up on the second level. And it was oh. so funny because they were they were like not real bats, obviously, because I think A-Rod tried a week before something and he broke something on the set. So they got like baby bats and these <laughs> baby balls. For sure. yeah, and for sure. it was so funny because Michael Strand's like pitching to these guys. And it was just wow. fun to watch. I think it was so innovative that they're combining them and bringing all the baseball legends and then the football le- legends together and it was yeah. it was fun tv i have to say i enjoyed it they should do it more often you know to combine yeah, like the legend of the sports they I mean, should and they need to get baseball look baseball's now kind of falling behind football by a lot and yeah. i know there's diehard baseball fans out there but we got to get baseball back as america's favorite pastime Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you should have brought Tom Brady because didn't he play baseball too? When well, he was I think Tom Brady is is coming to Fox. We just don't know when. Oh, okay. It's not yeah. official yet. It's not official. Mm-hmm. Look, okay. Julian Edelman is really good. He's on the show before, and then okay. Gronkowski is on that show. So they just need Brady, and they've got like the whole trifecta of the Patriots, right? That's right. Yeah, <laughs> the three buddies because yeah. they're so close, they're so tight. Yeah. Julian, so baseball. I've got my eye out for um, Aaron Judge in the American League, New York Yankees. I love the Yankees. Derek Jeter fan still. And then the Dodgers. I live in L.A. I have my eye out on Mookie Betts for the National Mm. League. Yeah, but they're down 1-0, though. I mean, the Diamondbacks won the first game, so – then, yeah, uh, well, he, let's, we got to pull for the Dodgers. You can't pull for Arizona, Oogie. For sure. Right? For sure. To the, I mean, you're there too, but yeah, I like the Dodgers more. Then you got Phillies, you know, Philadelphia you against the, the Braves from Atlanta. Yeah. So we'll see about that. And then that. you but have the, the Orioles. Yeah. Oh, the other conference is packed. I mean, the Orioles, are, they were actually down 1-0 right now, but they'll come back for sure. I mean, against, you know, big team of Texas. So the, you know, the Rangers are they're up one zero, but then yeah, they'll come back. The, the Orioles have to come back. I mean, they won so many games in the, in that conference. They beat the blue Jays as well, you know, so the Jays are out. Of course they lost their, their two games too bad. Well, I watched them. Yeah. I know Pam Shriver. Um, she's a big Orioles fan and she, uh, has a history with them. And so every, every time they're playing, I know it cause she has them on <laughs> when I'm out on the court reading for the Orioles. Oh, so she's gotta be happy. Yeah. yeah, it'd be fun if they made the World Series. You never know. I mean, they're they're supposed to be there for sure. They're yeah. their first seed in their conference. So yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll so see. Oogie, now we have a brand new segment. Are you ready? Yeah, I heard it. There's a new segment there. Yeah. Okay. It's called The Ball is in Oogie's Court. Oogie, it's your serve now. So you tell me what you have to say about. There you go. Well, um, I'll serve you today with some ideas about dealing with pressure on the tennis court. So this segment is great because it's going to be a sort of a coaching eye experience. And of course, you were one of the best players in the world. So, you know, I'll serve and you'll return and we'll exchange just like in a rally for a tennis match. I love it. Yeah, that's great stuff. Um, so dealing with pressure, I mean, it's obvious that every time we're watching TV, there's pressure for on these players. They, those players, the women, the men, 
I mean, there's player, there's pressure all over the place, even in mm-hmm. everybody's lives. Of course, you just to make, you know, to go to work with all the schedules for the kids and school, and there's pressure and performance all over the place. Um, so how do we, you know how do how do these players deal with pressure? You know, what's their what's their their take on that? Because they're they're used to it, they deal with it greatly, and they have you know they've been dealing with it. You know, great, great, great stuff because otherwise they wouldn't be there. You know, they're on TV because they've been able to to deal with that. So they should focus on, you know, three things on control, whatever they control over. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever we were, you know, we were together on tour, um, I was asking you a lot of, you know, game plans and whatever stuff you can control. So, yes. the, so the trainings. Yeah, I mean, you know, trainings and the food you eat before your match and the day before and the gears, you know, I'll get get your stuff together, you know, the rackets and the strings and make sure you have control over these things so you feel comfortable more on the court. Your outfit, your shoes. See, your, your outfits were great. Yep. You were showing me your outfits the night before. Like, okay, I'm going to wear this tomorrow. Your Is tension of your rackets. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Yep. The food make you Make sure eat. you have all your gears. And, you know, and I uh, remember that one time we got to Wimbledon and then the night we were supposed to see that stringer and then we didn't get there on time. So they were stressed there because yeah. next thing in the morning we had to go there because a new stringer was there and you wanted to make sure you had that great string, you know, the, the right tension. Yep, the right uh, tension. Those are, those and then the details. stringer has to know how to pre, well, if you, I had gut, so you had to know how to yeah. pre-stretch. And if you, they don't pre-stretch right, that can ruin a whole match because the string can be too loose, but you're so right, Ugi. The checklist that players yep. have to have, and especially at the professional level, because rankings and money are on the mm. line, right? That's right. I mean, so it's, it's, it's really important yeah. to be organized. Yeah. What did you feel was was one of your best tournaments as far as preparation? Did you, if you go back a little bit in your mind, uh, or, you know, whenever you played your best tennis and best performances, mm-hmm. you know what kind of preparation you had because we analyze these things, you know, of course, and we want to reproduce them, make sure we have the same preparation. We're kind of yeah, even, exactly. you know, a little picky on those well, things. I, I feel like when I played my best, well, there are different times, but when I'm going to go back to when I played my best with you, we started mm-hmm. out and the first week was a disaster because we had just flown over to Europe and I lost yep. to, I can't remember her name. And, um, but then I got to the finals. Of, oh no. Then I won doubles with Serena. So that was mm-hmm. the first week. And what you did for me was you said, okay, let's get into a routine. So we got on jet lagged, which helped. So the first thing, when you fly into a tournament, you really have to have better preparation and not be jet lagged. And I don't—I think we had only given me three days and I think yeah. I probably needed five, five to yeah. six really. So we came up with a practice schedule and you had me practicing and you made notes off, off of what I did in the match and what I did wrong and what I needed to fix on how to play indoor tennis. And that was so important because we had a schedule and we had a game plan for practice. So I Mm -hmm. think that's the first thing that happens. And then your nutrition, your stretching, the physio, that all goes into it. But I feel like that training before the match helps. Obviously your preparation the weeks before help, but I feel like when you get to the tournament, if you happen to lose in the first round, that four or five days you can do to understand what happened 
Mm-hmm. was huge for me because I got to have you for that many days. And then right. I had doubles, which actually really helped me because then I had match competition that helped me mentally. You're right. So we were working on everything together and then we were playing doubles in the afternoons and I was with Serena and that also helped. But mm-hmm. we were playing well and we figured it out. And then after that tournament, I that's when I played my best tennis because then I was really prepared to succeed mentally, physically, and I understood how to play my game in an indoor situation. You're right. And you said you said it perfectly. I wrote routine plus preparation equals success. There so you go. Since you lost early in Germany, then we had to go to Switzerland and then we had more days there. And you're totally right because you start to get into a groove and because, you know, oh, it's indoors tennis suddenly because you're from mm-hmm. Southern Cal. So suddenly you never play indoors. Outdoors to indoors. Oh, yeah. And then indoors. Oh, so that makes your serve even more, you know, a threat, which was perfect. And then for the return, we have to make sure we you, you get the first stroke on that return. And we practice so you get, a lot yeah. of returns. For sure. I was, you know, remember I was stepping in the three-quarter court yep. to serve because I wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything. Because <laughs> if it's if it's I'm if it's I'm I'm behind the baseline, then I'm missing a little bit more and less control. But if I'm stepping in a three-quarter court, which is that's a great drill for everybody listening right there. You know, if you want to work on your returns, then you make sure your your practice partner steps into in between the service line and the baseline, and then you can serve from there. Like just start with the racket up, your be more precise. You be more precise. Yeah. You you hit corners all the time. So that's great because that person returning gets a great groove on the returns, and that was really key for you to do well. And you yeah. lost in the final against Justina Knight, which was really good stuff. I had yeah. to carry that Shvakovsky uh, wallet. <laughs> At the airport, remember, I didn't mind. Yeah, the Shaworski. I didn't mind. It was I still awesome. Have, it's in my bathroom. That trophy. <laughs> oh, you have to show me There's that a, again it, because it actually looks like a winner's trophy. It's that big. It was pretty. Yeah, big. no doubt. Yeah, and Shvakovsky is like super famous collection. Yeah, it's so real crystal. I was like, wow, we won that tournament. I was, yep, you know, strolling yep. with that. It was so nice. But and back then, to uh, what you said yeah. about preparation is that if you're me- if you're mentally prepared, and then you're physically prepared. And then you have your game style. I feel like that really helps because if you're unsure of the shots you're going to hit and you're not sure of those in practice and then you go out in the match and you try to do them, things can happen, right? Yeah, it's tough to... <laughs> and yeah, so you're you have right to because, be yeah. in your body, you know your movements, you know you can hit the shots and then you just you don't think about it and you just let your athleticism take over. And I feel like in the pros, we see that a lot in the juniors. It's interesting to watch junior tennis players because they haven't figured out how to have their athleticism take over and Mm -hmm. just play, especially at the younger levels. And they just can't really get their body in position yet. And it's tough. And then mentally they get upset. And then you're right. You're you right. know, it all kind of falls apart and they just need to go play to play, right? You're right. And it's the experience as well, because now we're transitioning into the second topic, which is, you know, so you you know what to do to get into your routine and preparation. And then you get on the court and then you have another thing to, to control over. It's like you get into a match and you're either supposed to win, you're a favorite, you're sort of equal to the opponent or you're the underdog. So you have sort of three hats going into a match and... I think that really 
that really is important to, to observe before you step in the court. Well, because those are very important because it's three different ways of you could play, right? Exactly. Exactly. And and that's going to affect your game plan, of course, and the amount of pressure you put on yourself because who's really stressed out when they're underdogs? Nobody. Seriously. But in Nobody. reality, you should walk on the court like you're always an underdog and go full out and leave everything on the court. Yeah. Which and is then Nadal is really good at doing that. It's yes, and it's really hard to do because then it's you have to lie to yourself to a little bit. Yeah, you have because, to trick yourself. Like you know? Serena was really good at doing that, but she also looked at herself as okay, everybody's gonna play their best tennis against me, so I'm kind of like right. the underdog and I gotta fight back. You're right. So there, and that's, that was different yeah. mentality, right? That's see, it's a really important stuff and really nice things you're saying because you have all sort of champions that think not alike, but almost the same at the same time. Because, mm -hmm. and then you have the you know, other people that say, okay, I'm the favorite every time I play and I'm used to that position and I'm going to win most matches. Like because, Djokovic. Yeah. Djokovic probably never feels like he's the underdog. But he always then thinks he's he the favorite. tricks that you can see. It's not that he doesn't trick himself, but he lets the crowd fuel him to think he's the underdog because they cheer against him. And then he's like, bring it on. I'm just going to get better yeah. and better. So that's a mental tactic as well. And You're Medvedev right. does the same thing. Yeah, he does the same. And I think that puts pressure off them because they don't think they're the favorite for the crowd. So then they're like, okay, they're going to be against me. Okay, I'm going to show you that I'm the best, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly they bring the crowd in and they, they're, they're uplifted. Um, so yeah, they have those tactics which sometimes we didn't have in our time because nobody was watching me when I was like, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> people were watching you and they were cheering on. But yeah, then but even it, you know. it was, it's, it was, it's just different. Not everybody had access to every single match like they do now. You're so right. Tennis is on all year now. It's different. Exactly. But, but yeah. yes, like when you played in college tennis, you had the team against you. And then when you yep. were at home, you had your home team. So you had the same kind of pressure and how, did, how right. you handled it. And when you look at junior tennis and the youth, how do they handle mm -hmm. it? Okay, they have their parents that they want to win yep. for, and they shouldn't. They should want to win for themselves. You've got, for that, sure, yeah. you've got that section. Then you have the kid that thinks they should win everything, but doesn't give 100%. And yeah. then you have the kid that is really an underdog and strives for everything and tries all out and just does it. And then you have the kid that works really hard but feels like really likes winning, but doesn't like losing and gets upset. And then yeah. it kind of crumbles and they can't recover. Mm, I mean, yeah, you have dip, right. so many different personalities. That's just a couple. Or you're then right. you have somebody that wins the first set real easy and feels great. And then the player changes a tactic and then they get like a hangdog face and lose all their energy. And then how do you snap out of that? It's true. And it, those are very good points. And you need experience to overcome that. And I think it comes down to your game plan. So whenever, even if you're a junior or an adult, or yes. you have to have a game or plan, a please, please have a game plan. So uh, everybody listening, when you go Ugi's play tennis, game plans. have a game plan. Oogie's game plans <laughs> are the best. So I I oh. still have your game plans. I have the, the papers. And nice. I still have what we wrote down. It it really helps when you have a game plan and sometimes your game plan doesn't work, but you have plan B, yeah. right? And exactly. if you have it written down 
as I try to teach some of the junior players I have, you should write things down because it helps you and helps you remember. For sure. Yeah. So, Serena yeah. always looked at notes. I looked at notes. I mean, there's been other players that look at notes. The men don't really look at notes as much, but it's different now. They have coaches yelling their notes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no doubt. They yeah. towel off and they yeah. blah, blah, blah. blah just I know Iga blah. Sviantek has a notebook. She's She read it yep. at Wimbledon, right? You're and right. Sometimes yeah, it, it doesn't help you, but at least at a time it can quiet your brain. And mm -hmm. like you can read and, and stop thinking about the outside forces and just get back to your tactics. You're right. It helps you focus. You're right. Because so, suddenly you read a phrase that you wrote down and that's important. And Am I winning with my game plan A? I remember that's one tough. So if you 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 write that and you read it and you say, yeah, I'm winning. Okay, I'm keep on going. If you're not winning, oh, I'm like, okay, let's change tactics. Maybe let's go to plan B. And then you see what's written on plan B. There you go. You yeah. execute it. You see if it works again. It's not working. Plan C. Think about something else. You know, All right, like so you said got, about that one quote, have... that quote was, I just ran out of time. Was that Jimmy Connors? I think yes. one time he said that. <laughs> yeah, so I just ran out of time. Just ran out. So there okay, you go. So preparation yep game plans mm -hmm. and mental toughness that's right mental toughness and those players like murray looks at the box chat nadal has the weirdest rituals that you've ever seen but he's doing them because he's in his head it he's helps in his him match. mentally he's in his game if you, if you say to nadal rituals you, have, you, you can't get rituals, rituals anymore yeah every player has to find their own rituals and whenever, whenever it's you know, Djokovic's return position. That's a ritual for him. He always mm -hmm. does the same position and stuff like the number Alcarez's of bounces. Alcarez's smile. It, it helps him to relax and to, yep. to, you know, he's there for the right reasons and he's enjoying himself. So you're right. I mean, whatever the players have their rituals going, we can actually write a notebook on them and start comparing them. But it's really important for them because it makes them feel comfortable and confident. And a player who's confident, he can win anything. That's the I bottom agree. line. I agree. You know, all right. Well, I love this segment. This was really informative. So good job, Ugi. You served hey, some aces. I serve aces with you as well. You know, you're awesome. So <laughs> I think together it's a great team. So yeah. we're exchanging great ideas. All yep. right. So a couple other topics I just wanted to go into. Um, it's sad about Israel and the war right now. We might get be going into a second war. We have Ukraine going on and it, I remind, I, it reminded me when Chris Eubanks was at the U S open, um, he said he was going to go play in Israel. And I looked up, I was like, okay, when's the tournament? And the ATP Tel Aviv Open is scheduled in November. It's a 250 event. Okay. But things have changed. So I don't know. I would doubt it's going to be held. Delta United have canceled all flights to Israel. Um, and this is an interesting topic, Googie, because professional tennis players travel worldwide. Okay. Yep. So we fly into different countries with all kinds of different political problems and we're citizens <laughs> of the world and we have to be able to deal with it. And I remember I went to Turkey one year and there was a bomb in the marketplace near our hotel and Whoa. Venus and I were going to go to that marketplace and we didn't go. We ended up going to dinner cause she was tired and it got bombed. So it's just, it's tough to be a tennis player right now, especially in our world. But the last 20 years, it's been really tough. I mean, Mexico with our cartels, you mm -hmm. have Ukraine, you have Eastern Europe that has some tournaments. Look at Russia. We don't have Russian tournaments. Look mm -hmm. at uh, China. China just reopened with all the COVID things. 
So yeah. it's just France players... was attacked as well back then. The Bataclan, you know, the big yeah. bomb. And yeah, so players have a lot to deal with. And it, it makes me remember that I do miss traveling, but I don't miss traveling at times because yeah. it's it's really tough and you got to figure out how to be safe and get to your tournaments. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, of course, how can we forget the, of course, the 9-11 events. I mean, the US Open was just yeah. happened. 9-11. That's, that's when we met. We met two weeks after. So, mm -hmm. oof, I still, Europe, I still. And yeah, when the US went to war. I mean, we were yeah. in Germany when that happened. So, mm, you're yeah, right. it, it was, it's been throughout our, my whole professional career and your career as a coach and playing, there's always been political issues and just everybody that's playing tennis out there and traveling the world. I hope you guys stay safe. That's my yeah. wish right now. And Hey, it could happen in LA right now. You never know. It doesn't just mean worldwide. You're right. And hopefully these, these players are aware of the situations like Chris, maybe he can, you know, he found that out and well, maybe he's going to yeah, switch his schedule a little bit. Yeah, then he's not going to go. And yeah, exactly. I remember when I went through after 9-11, I had to fly out of Boston to get to Europe, to Germany. For sure. And there yep. were guns in the airport. And then you, we landed in Germany and there were machine gun guys with machine guns. It was like crazy times. And then I went to Russia to play. I was the only American to go to Russia in 2001. Yep. I can't believe I still went. I played in Moscow and they were they lined the stadium with like policemen and guns and bomb dogs and it was crazy. I had some death threats because I was American. Jeez. It was crazy times, Oogie. Uh, You're right. One more thing, I gotta give a shout out. Simone Biles won her fourth gold in the world championships. So, yeah, I saw that yesterday. And she yeah. did a, a special flip or something. And they're yeah, gonna the, name it after called her. the Simone Biles. It's oh, wow. something Yevchenko, some crazy yeah, yeah. A double Sevchenko something. But I'm so yeah. I'm so glad now it's called the Simone Biles because it's easier to say, right? <laughs> no doubt, and it's so deserved as well. I and mean, the she's team an one icon. Is, yeah, the team one as well. So she really is a goat. I mean, coming back from a two-year break and remember the yeah. mental toughness to get through what she had to go through that last Olympics where she got mm -hmm. the she couldn't do flips, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And so I think it's called the, I forget what the term in a gymnast, the curlies or the, I don't know, something where you, you don't know where your head is and then you oh, yeah. just, and you can't do flips because you could land on your head. So she yeah. got discombobulated with her body and then pulled out and the amount yeah. of stress and pressure that she had to go through and then come back after this break. She is one tough woman. You're right. I think it's twist. Just twist. The twisties. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. The twisties, yeah, not yeah. the curlies. Sorry. It's the That's twisties. Okay. Thank you for the assist, Oogie. Hey, like I'm a gymnast specialist or something. Yeah. Hey, you are. You got it. It's the twisties. But follow sports and I love the Olympics. So sometimes yeah, so, you know, I get the, the terms. And it's exciting. 2024 in France. So we're going to see right. Simone and her team of Americans uh, kick butt. Exciting, yep. huh? Oh, they're going to be there for sure. Yeah. Yeah, totally. All right. So this was a lot of fun. I love our new segment. And the quote of the day is going to be, I worked hard at becoming a professional football player, just like society says you should. It said you had to be fierce, tough. I was tough. Hmm. And this is from Dick Buckus, RIP, the Chicago oh, there it Bear. Is. 
the the bears the bears the quote and from the great 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 guy yeah yes and he was tough i mean he had to get hit and hit people so <laughs> you can't get sure. tougher than that huge yep all right well this was a lot of fun this has been serving aces with alexander stevenson and Uglavadier. if you like us follow us at alexander stevenson at Uglavadier, and we'll see you next time see you next time guys have a great week